do 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 Alex Keller. B B B B B B B. Mike Harding. <laughs> I don't know what was going for. It's the Fantastic Voyage. Welcome, everybody. We are Filmtastic Motherfucking Voyage. Uh, <laughs> Directed by Quentin Tarantino. Hey, we're the Filmtastic Fucking Voyage here. Not, uh, is that a Tarantino impression? I don't know. Um, anyways, sorry. I was thinking Scorsese for some reason. Um, yeah. Same thing. Not really. Hey, everybody. This is the Filmtastic Voyage. We're here to talk about movies, films, flicks joints uh um, i think that's it right uh motion pictures motion pictures picture shows uh-huh nickelodeon sometimes yeah uh yeah just your general you know you're taking film you're putting it on we're watching arts and sciences you know the train arrival or whatever that movie was the arrival of the train yeah that Um, one video that thomas edison shot of that Elephant being electrocuted to death. Oh, God. Yeah, I don't think know. I've seen that. Well, no. You've heard about that, though? You know what I'm talking about? Kind of, uh, oh, maybe. he was being a piece of shit, and he was like, fucking <laughs> AC alternate current, that Nikola Tesla electricity is fucking dangerous oh, as balls. I see. I'm going to use it to kill this elephant. Watch this, guys. Except it was like an abnormally like large amount of electricity that no one in their right mind would ever right. have access and to. And he killed an elephant and, with it. And uh, also alternate current won the, the current war, so it doesn't really matter. You know what I think is funny is I think at the time Edison was probably celebrated as being this this real like innovative kind of uh, electricity mogul and for for you know his own credit I like his him and his company and whoever worked for him or whatever they probably ushered in a lot of new technology right yeah but nowadays whenever anybody refers to Edison he's just like the biggest piece of shit ever he's the Steve Jobs of his time so take that as you will. So does that mean that like a hundred years from now when we're talking about Steve Jobs, are we going to look at him the same way? I think it's just important to recognize that he is a, a thrifty businessman and kind of an asshole, but also we're also an important figure. It's important to have both those things. Sure. I'm talking about Edison, not Steve Jobs. Right. But I guess you could apply that to Steve Jobs too. It's important. Like, I hate, you know, it sucks when you're a kid and it's like Thomas Edison was a fucking genius and made all this cool shit. What a, what a fucking wonderful person. Christopher Columbus, what a great fucking explorer. It's oh, like, you God. know, all this goddamn shit. And then you, you grow up and realize, like, Christopher Columbus is a monster. Thomas Edison is kind of a dickhead. <laughs> well, yeah. And, you know, I know a lot of people are sort of pushing for, like, education to be different that way, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, like, you know, I think it's like, don't go into vicious detail. I, but, like, don't... Don't I hate sugar coating sucks. Don't do it. I hate it. It's annoying. Well, see, okay, I would argue that sure, you shouldn't be giving kids false information. I don't think you should be giving kids false information. But I honestly think for like K through three mm-hmm. third grade or fourth grade or whatever, I think there needs to be that period of time where the world is still kind of a nice place for kids. 
I think you can't throw kids into this dark, dark ass world where they're, they're learning of all the horrors, you know, like in first grade, second grade, like you can tell people that kind of information, but I think you really do need to sugarcoat it. Before. Well, you just have to say like, this is Christopher Columbus. He's a bad person, but we're not going to get into that right now. You have to at least establish that he's not a good person, that kind of stuff. What I would say is just or, instead of that, how about we just don't talk about Christopher Columbus? That'd be ideal. I mean, like, you know, why don't we talk about, okay, so there was, there was Europeans that came over to the new world. Well, I mean, the only reason anyone ever talks about Christopher Columbus is because it's during Columbus Day, so it's like, what's Columbus yeah. Day? Let's teach you about it. If the Columbus Day yeah. didn't exist, and it was Native American Day or whatever, Indigenous People's Day. Well, we're talking is about now. that, thankfully. Um, yeah. I mean, here, I think, in California? Or here in California, yeah, yeah that's not true. Everywhere, not everywhere. Um, yeah. But even then, like, no one gave a fuck about, like, explorers weren't really touched upon in, like, my school until, like, fourth or fifth grade. So, like, yeah. the fact that Columbus was even mentioned is sort of weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a whole history with that, man. I mean, I, and I know we've talked about this before, but I mean, the people that were coming over the new world, they were not these like, you know, uh, oh, adventurous, fun loving, uh, explorers. They were, they were, they were merchants. They were, um, mercenaries. And they were people. They were basically people looking for money, yeah. or they're people looking for something better than they had. Or they're looking in Europe. to not be, you know, so subjugated or not subjugated, uh, you know, religious freedom and all that stuff. The right. And so most of the time, they were not the best kind of people. Um, so there's that whole thing. Yeah. Right. Uh. Anyways, with that said, hey, Alex, are there any period pieces that you can think of that are A, really bad and inaccurate, or B, your favorite? Uh, well, this reminds me of this animated movie about Christopher Columbus. You watched when I was a kid. I figured what it's called, but it's really dumb. And I think it had one of the two, like Corey Feldman in there or something, or oh. Corey Hayden, one of them, Corey's. Uh, I, I'm sure it was awful. I, I don't know why. Um, uh, on the, a more serious note, Master and Commander is one of the best movies ever. Yeah, that was a good one. Not really ever, but that's uh in terms of boat boaty boat movies. That was like a like a real like uh Yeah, that was a real grizzled movie. Yeah, huh? you got your uh, real Paul tough and being grizzled. a scientist and you got your uh what's his face doing stuff and there was a what? kid, he lost his arm and you got that guy from Lord of the Rings. Didn't they end that movie with the two like the two main characters like playing some instruments and it just sort of trucks out? Or something. No, the end of that movie is like they're doing something, but then they have to like go attack the French or something, and they're like, "Well, we'll come back to science some other day." I forget. Maybe it's not that way. Okay. Either way, that movie. I think there's a series of books that movie's based on, and like they never got to make another one. Uh, hence the the Master and Commander, you know, colon Far Side oh. of the World. Oh yeah. So, that was a great Commander. movie. I, I really remember it. seeing it as a teenager, and I thought, "Well, I'm a teenager, and this is kind of." boring but i bet if i watched it nowadays i'd be like all for it i think i might have told the story where i was watching the punisher the thomas jane the punisher and then i saw that <laughs> master and commander was playing on hbo and i stopped watching the punisher and watched master and commander on hbo again that's a good choice because that first punisher thomas jane movie is no good and i finished i eventually finished the punisher on like it was on like the i watched the ending on like showtime or something like you know two years later so i i have seen that movie all the way through but goddamn, that was the first movie I was ever like, fuck it, it's not worth it. No, it was, I, yeah, because here's the thing, man, when I, when I watched the first Punisher movie, 
be, having been a Punisher fan, a Punisher Comics fan, I was really excited. I'm like, oh man, John Travolta is going to be the main villain. He was really great as a villain in like uh, movie A, B, and C, mm-hmm. right? I m- probably well, he was never really a much of a villain in movies. Though. Well, the, at the time when you're like, you know, a, t- a teenager or whatever, it's like, well, you know. Face Off was really good. Oh, yeah. And like, uh, what, Swordfish or something? And you look back at those movies now and you're like, eh. Don't you talk bad about Face Off, man. Face Off is great. Face Off is... is Face Off is, is one of the wacky, craziest movies ever. It's a wacky, crazy movie, yes. It's exactly it what you want. just also, ridiculous. And surprisingly good acting, you know, because it has two actors playing opposite, like, their other actors. Like, you know, it, it works because the acting's really strong, which is unusual. See, I don't think they played each other very well but i think they did but the problem like i think like you know nicholas cage star has to start so broad to make it work well that's the thing when that movie was made it was sort of like that was nick cage when he was like up to 11 but like in a good way yeah like he was like that's when he really broke out i mean he did like con air and then face off directly after that well, and he did the rock before that that was 95 with the rock so it was a bit of a yeah streak. He was, that's like right when he blew up and was doing all these big action movies and yeah. stuff. That was right after he won an Oscar, too, so. For, for what? Leaving Las Vegas. Oh. Which I had never seen. That was before. No, I mean, like, he, they won an Oscar, and then he did, like, a slew of really successful big okay. budget action movies. So it was, uh, it was gotcha. Keith Cage. Yeah. And he's got that great scene in Face Off where he's like, fuck you, fuck you, right? fuck yeah. you. <laughs> Dude, I was in the kitchen the other day, and for whatever reason... <laughs> <laughs> that specific scene just popped into my brain. I'm just like, oh, that was a weird, that was, that was a weird scene. If I was in that situation, I don't know if I'd tell them. I, I don't know if I'd yell at people like that. But whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then like John Travolta, I think was like fine in the movie, but he wasn't like. I don't know. Was I don't know if he was great in the movie. Right. I mean, like he did the. I think. I think it worked. He, he did great. I think. I like. You know, he it wasn't like his peak career performance or anything. No, but it was still. Like, I think it was still when he had some. He had some teeth. I mean, like know? I can't think. I guess Pulp Fiction's his best. Um, well, he's he, not like he's more of a subdued actor. He's not really like a in-your-face kind of guy. The interesting thing about John Travolta is like he really peaked. I think in the late seventies. Right, he had Grease and like uh, Saturday Night Fever or whatever, and that was like his big thing for a while. And yeah. then, uh, I mean, probably into the eighties and like early, like for fifteen years, he was sort of like kind of dogging it a bit. Uh-huh. And then Pulp Fiction was sort of like yeah. that was like Tarantino's thing, right? He'd take these actors that were sort of like had been famous but weren't quite famous anymore and then he just made them famous again mm. so then he had like john travolta had sort of a renaissance in the 90s he had pulp fiction be cool everyone likes not be cool uh get shorty, uh, get shorty. be cool the it was like no one likes. was a phenomenon but that was just remember. an michael okay movie was a movie that my mom looked like which one michael where he's an angel or something oh that might yeah my mom likes that movie too uh <laughs> Fucking uh, yeah, and then he kind of I think he had like another like big comeback recently, right? And then um, I mean like, but he's been like what around. was it hairspray? He was like, like hairspray, hairspray was like spray. his kind of like another like oh yeah, John Travolta, all right. And then like he was in like taking a pen and one two three and a bunch of like, that was whatever a bad like, movie, a bunch of whatever movies. I'm using that as an example of like him kind of just like slipping under the radar again. And like 
I think he's like on. Well, recently I think he was in a, American re- Crime Story. Yeah, that he was. He was really good in that. No, he's not a. He's a good actor. He's just. You know. He's a good actor. I think the problem. He's see got the, that charisma. He's got that that the gravitas. You know, you can, the camera. You want to just look at him. For one thing, I think he he tends to play kind of. He has like a villainous face, and I think. Um, he's aged out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, I think in the 90s, especially, okay, like getting back to Face Off, right? I think that was like primetime villain Travolta. Mm-hmm. Same with Pulp Fiction. Like, he played that, like, Vince, Vincent Vega. I think mm-hmm. he, that was sort of like, I mean, he wasn't a villain in that movie, but he was like a sleaze, yeah, right? he was a hitman. And I think he had that face. And I think for a while he was like, at this, just there was a certain place and certain time where he could do it really well. He's got them cold eyes, like a doll's eyes. <laughs> uh, this is a random thought, but I remember being in middle school and being like, man, how would I cast Dragon Ball Z? Right? Uh-huh. And I thought for Vegeta uh, at the time, I thought uh, John Travolta could have played a cool Vegeta. Uh, I guess, in like, you know, early 90s or something. Um, right. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of Tarantino, have you seen the cast for this new Tarantino movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? No. This, this cast is more stacked than a totem pole. Let me tell you. Really? Is he? he he's gotten a stacked cast. Huh? It's got Brad Pitt. It's got Leo DiCaprio. It's got Margot Robbie. It's got today. I just saw fucking Al Pacino's gonna be in it, man. It's got oh, yeah. Damian Lewis. It's got uh, uh, fucking, um, well, you pulled it up. Uh, who else? I saw some other exciting actors. Okay, so so it looks like Margot Robbie is like maybe the main character. Oh, she's Sharon Tate. Okay. Brad Pitt as Cliff Booth, who I don't know who that is. Yeah, big um, character. Leonardo DiCaprio is Rick. Wow, okay. Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt in the same movie. I've never seen that. Yeah, I think they're going to be buddies or something. Wow. They're like one of them is an actor and one of them is their stunt double. <laughs> or something to that effect. I can imagine Leonardo DiCaprio is is the celebrity and then Brad Pitt is his stunt double. I forget. That's, what I, would, that's what I would guess. Uh, Dakota Fanning, that's cool. Um, I haven't seen her in in much. She's kind of been taking it easy. Timothy Oliphant, who I'm a huge fan of. Yeah, uh, fucking Kurt great. Russell. Kurt Russell, Al Pacino. Al Pacino's never been in a in a Quentin Tarantino movie. I know he hasn't been in a like a real like. I mean, like he hasn't been in, like really a really good movie in a while. Not. I think Al Pacino, mo- partially yeah, because dude. he just hasn't really been in movies in a while. Well, I don't, and I, then when he does show up, it's always some sort of like lazy movie. Like he's yeah, just doing it for the paycheck, kind of. Yeah, like the like the whole Al Pacino Frappuccino fucking yeah. Jack and Jill thing. But now he's gonna be in the the in the Irishman. And he's being in this, so that's always that's encouraging. I hope he you know has a not. A, I don't want to call it a comeback, but oh, like, dude, Luke Perry. Yeah, Luke Perry, Emily Hirsch, uh, Burt Reynolds. <laughs> Okay, got some Burt Reynolds coming in here. Clifton uh, Collins Jr. Uh, man, that guy, I like that guy. And uh, of course, uh, Tarantino, Stephen Michael Madsen. They got the whole gang. Yeah, I think, honestly, Tarantino probably has reached a point where he can just, he has that reoccurring cast, and I think he could just sort of convince them to be in any of his movies. Well, I think also, I think he's just a really good director to work with, I would assume, because so many people want to work with him. Yeah. And uh, he always gets really good performances out of people. So, yeah. 
Man, okay. And he writes and I, good fucking scripts with good fucking dialogue. So I just happen to pull up this Irishman movie. So this comes out in 2019. Yeah, another one, another 2019 um, movie that that year looking good. Netflix though, <sighs> want to see it in theaters? I really hope they just. I, know. I hope they just like buck the trend and be like, fuck it, theater move, theatrical release for the Scorsese movie. Listen, dude. Here's the thing. Netflix's whole thing is they want. They want people to have the movie experience on their streaming network. I want I don't mean I think it's flawed. I think it's a really flawed thing. But they that's their whole thing is they want people to just not have to go to the movies, you guys. You can just sit at home and watch it on your screen. I saw a thing where Martin Scorsese was like, Well, you I mean I you should see it in theaters and whatever. Oh, he said that? Yeah, something like that. I read a quote. I mean, like I don't know if that was his tone he was striking, but that's that's what I got out of it. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, and that's the thing. I don't know. It, there's a magic to movie theaters, and I, I think, you know, you can't just, you can't get rid of it. I'm sorry. Okay, so this, okay, so The Irishman. Sorry, everybody. I'm just looking up this shit, but hey, this is good information to have here on the Filmtastic Voyage. So The Irishman looks like it's starring Jesse Plemons, and if you don't know who that is, that it's is... It's not always the first person... The first, okay. the first first bill isn't always the star, not on IMDb at least. So. Gotcha. Yeah, but it has Jesse Plemons. For anybody who doesn't remember who that is, that's Meth Damon. I feel like that's really mean to call him that. <laughs> well, it's not like Jesse Plemons is on meth. It's no, just, but like he, you he could call his... him, hey, look, it's Jesse Plemons, that actor that's really good that sure. everyone, that's in everything. But until he has a household name, which I think he's steadily getting to that point. I think we, like if you're listening to a movie podcast, I think you you you, you, sh- you should know, who, like you, sh- you should look up a picture of Jesse Plemons and there he is and then we can refer to him as that from that one. Well, sure, yeah. <laughs> but for he he's the guy that was in Breaking Bad. He was... <laughs> He was in Game Night, which I thought he was great in. Uh, He was in season two of Fargo, which he he was also great in. I think he was in The Post recently. Uh, I believe he's one of the lawyers. uh, Maybe. Maybe I'm making him up with another actor at the moment. Maybe. Yeah, I think that was him. I don't remember him in that movie, but I think he probably was. He's got a small role. Uh, Okay, so this movie, The Irishman, everybody, if you don't know, it's uh, it's a Martin Scorsese movie. And it's costing like $150 million. That's so. crazy. It has Jesse Plemons, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Anna Paquin. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bobby Cannavale, another another Italian staple in, in movies. Uh, Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci's long awaited return to the silver screen. Now, didn't someone... Didn't Oh, there he is. Ray Romano. Yeah, Ray Romano's oh, in there. Hi, I'm Ray Romano. Catherine... <laughs> Narducci? I don't know who that is. And the rest. And the rest. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have to list everyone. Yeah. Um, Cool. And for anybody who doesn't know, Joe Pesci is someone who hasn't done movies in fucking forever. Since Lethal Weapon 4. I think he retired. Yeah. He hasn't done a movie since Lethal Weapon 4. Oh, wait. The Good Shepherd. Love Ranch. Oh, right. I don't know what that is. Is that like a Netflix thing? Love Ranch? Or is The Ranch? Is that Netflix thing? No, yeah, The Ranch is... is. Uh, but anyways, yeah. Like, he'll show up from time to time. Joe Pesci is a rare treat. That's what I'm trying to I say. Joe Pesci is exactly what you'd imagine Joe Pesci to be like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Home Alone... The Home Alone... F- whatever number they're on, they should make a uh, you know, gritty, re- gritty reboot. 
five gritty reboot. Just call it Home Alone again. Yeah. Like they do with all these gritty reboots. But it's like a, a horror movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, Alex. Being Home Alone's pretty spooky. What movies have you rewatched recently? Uh, so, yeah, it's been a bit of a slow season uh, for me. I mean, like, because, like, it's been a couple, like, it's been a dead zone in terms of blockbusters. I'm only, only just getting, by the time this comes out, there'll be a couple of more that have come out, uh, which will be nice. Uh, but so I've been spending my time playing video games and rewatching old movies, and I recently watched an animation classic, in my opinion. That'd be Rango. Oh, I saw that on your letterboxed. You reviewed it. Well, re- not really. I didn't review it. Well, you you rated it. Well, it's already been rated. I just watched it. I don't think I re. I rarely re-rate movies I've seen. Okay. Well, any, well that's not either true. way. I re-rate po- them when I see them. It, does, it so popped yeah. up on your letterbox. Well, of course, is what I'm saying. Spying on me. Yeah. You're like Ingrid Goes West or something. I know. I haven't seen that movie. Uh, that's a good movie. But I know what it's about. So yeah. Yeah, I love that movie. I love Rango. It's great. Rango's great. Yeah. It's just such a fucking weird, beautiful movie, man. That snake is legitimate, legitimately a scary ass snake. It's, I think it's the. I still. I think I said. I, I was thinking while watching it. I still think it that Ralph Snake Jake is maybe the best animated villain. So yeah. Far. No, seriously. When I was in theaters watching that for the first time, I was just like, "Damn, this snake is intense." Because it's not only is his design. He's got a funny little mustache, and he's got this cool tail gun. But also, Bill Nye is just. Super up to eleven performance, always yeah. fucking appreciated. Yeah, it's such a unique. Like I know, like mostly because you know it's directed by Gore Verbinski, hot off the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Uh huh. And so, like he cast Bill Nye as uh, Davy Jones in those movies. It's like what inspired casting? Because like nobody fucking knows who Bill Nye was, not in two thousand six at least. And like not he, as much. I mean, like I mean, he was like a you know a well established British actor, but like. Just to bring him in on this big tempo movie as this CG villain, what a what a what a stroke of genius! Yeah, and he kills it in that, and as Rattlesnake Jake. And then where did he go? Oh, well, he's been in stuff. He's been lots of stuff. He was in that movie with uh, Donald Gleason where he plays his dad or something. Everyone cries where he can like jump through time. What? Uh, oh, I kind of know what you're talking. I mean, like about. he was in before though. He was also in Shaun the Dead, but that was in 2004 or whatever that was. Right. Uh, he's yeah. He's been in lots of stuff. He was in the. Indian hotel movie, the Grant and whatever it's called, um, whatever various British movies. He plays a lot of British movies where he plays an old British person, which is sad. But I think the last time I saw him was like in a movie. Uh, what was it? Like it was oh, maybe some like underworld movie or something. Or there was it, for a while oh, they were doing was it I Frankenstein. It might have been. He I, was an I Frankenstein. Yeah, it was I Frankenstein. I want you to get me Frankenstein. But they I were trying to like connect because there was like a. Uh, wasn't he in something else? I'm sure, he's been one of the underworlds too. He kind of owns that. That okay. we need a stuffy British villain in one of, in our in our high concept stupid sci fi <laughs> sci fi fantasy movie. Okay, he was in the World's End. I forgot about that. And then I Frankenstein. Pride. I don't know. Skyline. I think he was just a voice in the World's End. I don't know if he was. I don't remember seeing his uh, face. Norm of the North. Oof. Oof. Um, yeah, it looks. I mean, he. It looks like he's getting steady work. He's a working British. He's a working actor. You know. But um, yeah, he doesn't. He hasn't had something of like. You know, high. Uh, yeah, he's had like a higher high. I think like about in time, about time was the, like the highest profile thing I've seen him. 
like you know name right yeah brandon for in a, in a while um a lot of tv recently it looks like he's been doing a lot of tv well recently. hey gore Verbinski, uh snap snatch that guy up make a make another movie with him yeah seriously um now speaking of gore Verbinski, i fucking love what they did with rango i don't know if they did the whole movie like this but what they did and i feel like it really shows is they just took a bunch of actors and put them in like a warehouse and just filmed them and then they animated not over them but they animated with their reference Right. And I feel that I got a lot of really good because a lot of the the actual characters in the movie are really rich and a lot of the way they bounce off of each other is really natural and almost improvisational. And I think that's because of the way they did that. Yeah, like there's a scene where like they're all sitting around a campfire and they're saying silly things to each other, and I think that was just them riffing. Because oh. like, why would somebody like? It's like such a weird scene to like sit down and write. It just feels like a bunch of actors just sort of doing. Right. And it really works. And I think that Rango's strength is the ensemble cast and not so much the Rango himself, which is actually, I think, one of Johnny Depp's better performances because it's not me being like, hey, look, it's Johnny Depp voicing an animated character. It's actually like a real character. I agree. Yeah. 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 You know, uh, that movie, I, you know, I, I know we've talked about this before, but I wish I could see more movies like that where it's like uh, uh, hyper rendered. Oh, yeah, that was Industrial Line Magic making that. Yeah. Or Because uh, I really loved that hyper-rendered look. Like, it was still cartoony. They were mm. still, like, anthropomorphic creatures and stuff, but it was hyper-rendered. Yeah. And I just thought it, lo- it worked really well. well hyper-realistic. It's not really hyper-rendered. It's regularly rendered. Well, so hyper-realistic hyper is what I mean, yeah. Arguing semantics, because, you know, that's what I do. Sure, um, yeah. No, yeah, I like that art style. I wish they would do more stuff. I'd never seen their follow-up, Industrial Light Magic slash Lucasfilm Animation or whatever, their follow-up Strange Magic, because that got oh, dumped I in January heard, and never... Uh, I don't think you can find it on DVD or anything. I heard that was a rough watch. Yeah, me too. I saw the trailer and I was like, huh? And that was that. Um, yeah. Because it's like a karaoke musical. Like, it's like using, like, covers of hits. So that was that same team? It wasn't the same team. I think I, mean, I don't know if it was the same team, but like I, it might have been. I mean, like it looked kind of similar. It was I think it was ILM or Lucasfilm or whatever. Okay, doing that shit. It, it, either way, it doesn't matter. Yeah, um, I hope they do though. That's a, I thought it was a really cool art style that you don't see very often, and uh, also like that movie is fucking gorgeous because they do something with lighting and like shadows. Like they don't they're not worried of making things dark or making things you know backlit or overcast or whatever there's right. a lot of regular a lot of the more traditional animated movies nowadays are very normal um high no, low high key high key lighting and uh-huh. uh you know just kind of everything looks nice right. nothing's really like super obscured or super shadowy like the example i point to of what i wish more animated movies look like is that when Rango goes in that bar it's just like sunlight streaming through beams in the ceiling and everyone's like half shadowed and it's like super gorgeous yeah it's a it's I think it's one of the most beautiful animated movies I've ever seen. Oh totally. Um partially do like even though it's like tremendously ugly, it's like almost transcends that. Yeah. Well, that's interesting that you mentioned like the lighting. Mm-hmm. And I think the lighting sort of you know, you can make a movie in general much more dynamic just depending on what kind of lighting choices you make. And I think a lot of animated movies do, really don't make very like ambitious lighting choices yeah you know um, what i mean and uh, that was one of them roger deacon's consultant movies it was oh yeah jeez we were talking about earlier off the air we were talking about how awesome it would be just to be paid to consult something <laughs> roger deacon's all these animated movies like not just this one but like 
I think the How to Train Your Dragon, one of them, and the Croods was another one, that, and uh, Wally, and those kind of stuff. They oh. just be like, hey, Roger Deakins, uh, does this look cool? How would, how would we make this look cooler? And it's like, well, that'll be uh, $25,000, and then I'll let you know. Right, yeah. Hey, kids, you want to make a lot of money? Just be the best. Just, uh, yeah, be the best. Step one, Number, be the best. Step one, be the best. Step two, be a consultant, because then people will be like, hey, uh, for $5,000 a day... Can you just like come in and tell us what to do? And then you come in. And you tell yeah, them what to do. And tell them what to do. Get that quiche. That's right. Um, yeah, and now he's an Academy Award winning uh, cinematographer. Roger Good Dean. for him. Yeah, I'm glad he finally... I, I, I was surprised to hear that he had never won an award for... Uh, it was always tough competition, though. It's like one of those things where like every year there was something just slightly better. Right, yeah. But hey, not not last year. Blade Runner was tippity top. I tell you what. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to believe that that was already. I guess that was. I mean, that wasn't too long ago, but it feels like a, a long time ago. Like six months ago. Yeah, I guess it no, was more just, than that. Like it was October, so it'd be like uh, eight months. Like now. eight months. Yeah, yeah. It seems like forever ago though. That movie. I have not rewatched it, mostly due to it being long. I rewatched it once. Uh, but that, even that was a while ago. That was a few months ago. Um, it was good. I should rewatch it. I got it in 4K. I feel like uh, I haven't really found like I've been. Watch, I got a couple 4K movies and I watched them. I haven't. I don't see like any difference though. I think maybe it's my because I'm playing it through my uh, the the new Super Xbox. Uh-huh. Maybe it's just a bad 4K Blu-ray player. I mean, my 4K TV isn't up to snuff because it doesn't have HDR, which is a big uh, selling point. It does point. not it does have not, HDR. Yeah. Is that a bad thing? Yeah, HDR is good. High, dam- high dynamic range. Right, your whites, yeah. Whites and your blacks blacker, and it's all cool. Right, yeah. So what does it have? Just regular, regular stuff. Okay. But like 4K, it's got a 4K resolution. But like, I don't know, yeah. I've been like, having, I put in my 4K Blu-rays, and it's like, this looks like a normal movie. Except in the, I watch, in The Last Jedi, there's that part in the, the, the throne room where all the reds, the reds are like, maybe it's the problem with the, the my copy, but like, Smoke and stuff will like pixelate the fucking red. Uh, like it's like oh. you can see the banding on it. It's really Interesting. weird. Like I don't know what I think. Maybe that's just like a maybe it's my TV. I don't know. But it's... see, all that stuff gets kind of complicated for me, you know, because you have high def televisions with like where you're playing like you know, or like you'll you'll have like high def televisions, but then you'll go on Netflix and some things will be in high def and some things will be in low def. And then when you watch the low def stuff, there's all this weird like, like I don't know what you call it, ghosting or something like where it smears and stuff. Is that your TV? Do doing you know what I'm talking though? about? Well, this is my roommate's TV that does. I mean, it. Do they but, have motion smear on or whatever that bullshit is. Do you know what I'm talking about? Though I have no idea. They can turn that off. It's a TV option for like motion smear or motion smoothing, or whatever they call it. It's different like on every TV, and I it's see. the worst idea ever. I don't know who could possibly like it. Turn that shit off right now. There's an option to have. It's smear? Like, um, I don't know if this is what you're describing. I don't think so. But there is that thing where it's like the TV will like take a 24 frame per second thing and fill uh-huh. in the frames to make it like 60 frames per second. See, I think that's what it is. It looks awful. It makes everything look terrible. Because it's just ghosts. I don't know how else to describe it, but it's like someone will move their arm and then there'll be this weird little trail behind it. And then like... Okay, that may not, I don't know if that's that. I think your TV just might be broken. Okay, well, again, it's... It's not my TV, Alex. Your local All television right. mic might just be broken. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it was funny. There was a whole like five years probably in the aughts 
where people were trying to figure out what the fuck to do because it was right when like things were starting to switch over to widescreen on mm-hmm. t- on TV, right? So people didn't know what the hell to do with like they'd buy a widescreen but then there's this option on your remote where you can turn stuff to like fit the aspect ratio but then the sides of like a standard ratio like you know what i'm talking about right it's like you'd be watching a standard ratio thing but you'd switch it to wide but then like on the left and the right corners it would be like kind of uh it'd be stretching it so like let's say you're watching uh always sunny or something right you'd see like Charlie's face in the middle of the screen just be normal, but then he'd walk off screen and then it would just fucking turn wide as hell. Oh, I don't really know that. I just know that uh, they would do that like, like it's like, I want to watch The Simpsons. Like they're, they're like Fox and they'd be like Fox HD on like channel what, like 150 or something. Oh, right. And then, like, yeah. On HD, the only difference was that it was stretched to widescreen. Yeah. It's like they didn't do anything different. It's like, well, they what? would just like ruin old things by stretching them out. I guess that's what I mean. Then they would just stretch shit out. I mean, like it wasn't like a warp where like they looked normal and then they'd warp as they went out. It was like everything was just stretched. <laughs> it makes you wonder why we ever had standard aspect ratio shit. And I know that like I think way it, it back, had to, it when... had to do with the cathode ray tube. I think because you couldn't oh, make a widescreen okay. cathode ray. I do believe. Right. So, uh, you know, that's why television was always just square. And then, you know, we figured out that's stupid. Let's get some, you know, yeah. pixels in there and whatever. And then uh, everything's great now. It's just, it's crazy. Like, movies, though, you'd buy stuff. Like, VHS, almost almost exclusively, you would buy stuff. And here's this movie that was widescreen when you saw it in theaters. But they would reformat it to be standard when you watch it on your television and you'd be cutting off yeah, all this shit. It's so awful. And it's like, dude, going back to that, man, I would have preferred just having the black uh, bars on the top and the bottom. Like, I, you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, Stanley Kubrick, when they did the TV cut of 2001 or like the VHS, not TV, VHS, probably it was before that, the TV uh-huh. cut, they had to cut it, you know, they cut the sides off and he was like, what the fuck? Just horrified uh, So every movie he did after that, I don't know when that, I think, Think that was i know for the very least he started with the shining he was like frame like you know compose for the widescreen but frame for the for the four by three oh. make sure everything that's happening in the action is in the four by three part of the camera that's a good idea yeah i mean not anymore it's not but like for that well no yeah but back then yeah. yeah yeah interesting that sort of explains why the shining and gen- like like specifically the shining because i we re- rewatched that the other day but or the other week um, everything is centered. Well, Every the, shot is is cent- yeah. like really centered. Like everything's happening right in the middle of the screen. Yeah, Kubrick also has a very sort of precise uh, sim- symmetry to his cinematography, yeah. generally speaking. Yeah. Um. So I always enjoy that. Uh, uh. And also, I think for like The Shining and like Full Metal Jacket, I think he also employed like the more the less widescreen European aspect ratio, which is like. Um, like 1.66 by by one as opposed oh. to 1.75 by one or whatever that, that is, you know, slightly yeah. more. Right, yeah. So it wasn't as big of a stretch, no pun intended, to uh, <laughs> wasn't it. as big as a, wasn't as big of a stretch. <laughs> um. So yeah. Yeah. Did we talk about uh, um. 
I guess we've talked about our favorite Stanley Kubrick movies, huh? Yeah, we probably have. Yeah, we've gone through that. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, Mike, what have you been rewatching? You know, as far as movies go, man, it I've had kind of a busy schedule as of late. I mean, I was out of town this last weekend, uh, and I know we, you know, we did an, another episode before last weekend, so I haven't really had much time to watch TV. I've been watching uh, television. Um, one one series that um, I, my girlfriend. We, we we take turns watching shows that each other haven't seen, right? Like through the whole thing? Like running yeah. through the series? Oh, yeah. Like for her, she hasn't seen the last two seasons of Always Sunny, so we're kind of catching uh, up and going through that. And then for me, I I haven't seen Broad City at all, so I, I've been going through that. Um, going on your own teletastic voyage, I see. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, dude, uh, like with Broad City, I remember when it first came out in 20... 13 i think um my roommate and i we were we were really excited to watch it and then we saw maybe two episodes of it and then we just sort of fell off for whatever reason Mm. and so i never watched it after that so it's cool like catching up with that and like i really like how it's it's two female protagonists and they're they're really kind of just couple of broads couple of broads yeah but they're really um they're they're really kind of heinous like gross isn't it kind of like a play people. on girls a play on girls like girls that tv show the hbo show oh, isn't like i've never seen that i don't know i thought i remember, I remember they were compared a lot because they're both you know 20 something women uh-huh. in the city shows but one is like played as like a joke and one of them is played seriously and people i recall people being like offended at girls because it's just like these awful characters but also they yeah. can afford these fancy apartments even though they really shouldn't be uh, stuff like that. Right, know. yeah. That's all I haven't heard much. Is that show he seems still on? I mean, every, Girls, no. Girls is not I remember Adam Driver was on it. That's all I remember when he was announced to be... Adam. Adam Driver. To be Kylo Ren. Everyone's like, that guy from Girls? Like my family <laughs> specifically when... Uh, like when he showed up in The, La- in the Force Awakens, he took his helmet off and I was like, it's that guy from Girls. So Yeah. And then uh, Lena Dunham has been... Up to something or something like I've heard. I've heard like, some, some controversy about her. I don't know if that yeah. like I don't know if that's done anything to her career though. That's all. All I've heard about her is okay, the controversy. So, so. so girls is still going. Is it okay? So, uh, and she's still the main character. Okay, I didn't know that. I, I mean, it's at least it has been active up until 2017. I I'm guessing it's still going. I haven't heard anything about it um, not going. I guess, so. but maybe yeah. then, well, I don't know. I don't pay attention. Who knows? Okay, I, mean, I try it, to pay attention to TV and stuff. This came out. This started maybe a year before Broad City. I think they're also very different shows. I mean, I, Girls is like what you said, HBO. Yeah. Okay, and then Broad City's uh, Comedy Central. I was about to say Cartoon Network, which is not right. I just hear them compared. Some t- I, I just remember yeah. when they were both on, like both around, you know, airing at the same time. There's a lot right. of sort of back you know they're like you know uh compare contrast sort of going on yeah yeah well i know when broad city first started um it was what comedy central was advertising it as was oh this is like the girl version of workaholics and no i don't know if you know me that well but i'm not a fan of workaholics i watched the first few episodes like this is pretty funny and then like never watched anything else i I don't know like it was on netflix and i watched like three episodes and i was like yeah okay yeah it's just yeah i like this and I just, I, I can't, I just don't watch TV. I can't do it. I don't know what the deal, my deal is. It's like every time I try to watch a show, I just never finish it. Here's the thing with Workaholics. 
I feel like two of the characters work. A hull. A hull. Ix. Yeah. Two of the characters I really like, and then one of the characters I'm like, this character's not doing anything for anybody in this show. And then it, it for me, I was just like, man, I just, I don't know. It's just not, it's not quite funny enough for me to want to watch it. And so when Broad City came around, I'm like, well, if this is just like workaholics, then I don't care, yeah. you know? But no, bro, well, okay, so getting back, Broad City is actually very good. Mm-hmm. I, I I wasn't sure what I was going to think of it, but it, it's actually very good. So, Man, I wish I liked TV. There's a show, I want to watch the show The Terror. It looks really cool. The Terror? It's like a bunch of old-timey Arctic explorers get like stuck in the Arctic. And also there's a monster. Oh, nice. So that sounds fun. Monsters are fun. Yeah, I like fun. Monsters but like, you know, it's fun. We'll see. Maybe if, maybe if it came to Netflix, I might watch it. The only show I've seen recently was uh, The Good Place. Dude, season isn't one. The Good Place good? Uh, you don't like it? Like, I watched season one, and until the last episode, I was like, I probably won't want I'm probably just going to drop this. And then they did that twist at the end of, the, of season one. I'm like, well, now i got to see what happens next. No, no, no. Yeah. And honestly, once that twist happens, season two is like... Hold on to your butts, man. Okay, so it's like yeah. Parks and Rec season two, if you will. Same creative uh, team. So. Okay, see, I never watched Park and, Parks and Rec that much. Oh, well, you've seen it, though. You've seen all I've Parks seen, and Rec. I haven't seen all of it. What? Watch all Parks and Rec I, I've minus seen, season I've one seen the right later now. seasons. I've oh. seen the later seasons. I've never seen the first season of Don't that. watch the first season at all. See, that's don't what I do hear. It. So okay. I, I just don't. Then you're, you've seen all of Parks and Rec, then. Uh, someone, I forget who told me, but there's a, there's a character in the first season of Parks and Rec that everybody just hates. And oh, then they don't come back Mark for season Brandanowitz. two. He doesn't come back, and he comes back. He's in season two. Okay, but he, he at the end of season two he leaves, and he's never mentioned again. Right, because no one likes him, I, I, or the he, audience doesn't like him, or something. I, he just didn't do it. He was just a. He was like the straight man in a cast that didn't need it. You know. Now, okay, with that show, he was fine. I kind of wish he would come back for the season finale. It would be nice to be like, look, look where we used to be. You know and. Uh, well, like, okay, with that show, correct me if I'm wrong. We'll get but back to the good place. I don't want to drop that thread. What's that? We should get back to the good place eventually, though. I sure, want to yeah. Put um, a pin in it. Anyways, continue. Rob Lowe and Adam Scott, uh-huh. they didn't come in until the end of season two. The end of season two. Okay, because that's what I remember. Is here's this show, Parks and Rec, and I didn't know much about it. And then you know, there's advertisements on TV like. Rob Lowe joins the cast of Parks and Rec. That's kind of what those sound like, don't they? Adam Scott joins the cast of Parks and Rec. And blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, okay. This seems like kind of an interesting show now. And like Rob Lowe on that show is amazing. He's literally the best thing. Yeah. So who's the guy that got dumped after? Mark uh, Randanowitz. I forget the actor's name. Mark Randanowitz? That's the character's name. Okay, so... Mark Brandanowitz. Oh, all, here that's he a is. Joke okay, the show. so Paul Schneider. He was and in some movie. Paul Schneider? I saw, like, it was some comedy movie with, uh, I think, Olivia Munn or something. It's the only thing I remember seeing him in. I haven't watched Interesting. it. Interesting. Okay. Water for Elephants, Elizabethtown. That's all older stuff. What's... Uh, ooh, he doesn't have anything coming up right now. Television stuff. American Crime Story. It looks like he was in one episode of that. I okay. think like Chance, Channel Zero, The Tunnel. Okay, he's got stuff going. Like it's on. a pity because like he didn't suck. He wasn't a bad actor. I, he's probably great and stuff. But like his character was just a bad character. Didn't belong in yeah. the show. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Third um, watch. 
Never heard of it. But they wrote yeah. him out in a good way where he's just like, man, what am I even doing here? And he just leaves. You, have you seen that? You've seen season two? <laughs> I guess not. Because uh, I don't remember good, him. Though. I mean, like, season two gets really good at, like, halfway through season two is when it, like, really picks up. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Parks and Rec is my, probably my favorite show. Um, really? Comedy, of all time? Comedy show, at least. Damn, dude. Yeah, man. I okay. love Parks and Rec. Well, Anyways, cool. but The Good Place... Season one of The Good Place just felt to, to me like it was the writers just trying really hard to see what sticks. Like the whole, sure. all of season one was just like, why don't we try this? Why don't we try this? Like of that, like six episodes in, the, the, the premise of their show, they were just like, we can't keep this up forever. Fuck it. We'll have her, the main character, admit that she's, you know, in the wrong place. And then after that, everything's just like, why don't we try like pairing the character with this character? And then we'll bring like her doppelganger ring. And this, like, none of it worked. I felt like they were just like, Try something for an episode, and then they'd be like, nah. Here's the thing. Okay. The first season, and I say this as someone who's seen the second season. Mm -hmm. Comparatively speaking, the first season's very casual compared to the second season. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I think it's just one of those things where it's, it's the season one of most shows where I think you really need to, like, if you have a high concept show you still need to kind of keep it low concept and accessible because you have all these people jumping onto the show that don't know what the context is or whatever. And they, you know, like, um, I don't know why I use this, this example, but well, sure I do. Avatar. The Last first, Airbender? the first season of Avatar uh -huh. was very, uh, episodic, right? It was very like, yeah. these are a lot of self-contained episodes where they're going around having fun. And every once in a while, you'd hear about the Fire Nation and, and Zuko and all that. But really, it was at a minimum. Yeah, they would like progress the story very slightly, but only like bumps at a time. As yeah. opposed to the more yeah serialized two and three. Yeah, two and three, it got super heavy. Or not super, but it got heavier. It got very and, serialized, yeah. And that's the thing is, and what I love about The Good Place is like for that first season, you think you're watching this thing where it's like one thing and then it turns out to be something completely different. And then that, and then season two is just like, it really takes off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know what you mean. It, it season one is very, like, I almost felt like I was tricked. Mm -hmm. I felt like, okay, uh, why did I watch this? If that, you know, why did I watch this show? If at the end of the season, it, you know, it, it gets, I, I, I didn't mind. That was like, cause I was like, Oh, now things are getting interesting. Cause before that, yeah. it was just like, like, first of all, I was like, this heaven sucks. And then <laughs> they kind of fixed that. And then also, the only thing I liked about the show was really like Ted Danson. Well, dude, the cast, though. The cast is great, but like the only character I really enjoyed was Ted Danson. It's like his robot friend. But, um, but here's she the... got kind of ruined at the end of season one, though, I thought, with her whole force. So like Chidi and like uh, Tahani and I all like them. I like all of them. They were like, amazing. I thought they were I think great. They, again, the, the writing just kept throwing things at and trying to make them figure out what they were. And I, I, I was just sort of, it was the writing. It wasn't the characters, it was the writing. It was them being thrust into all these different situations and trying to figure it out. Right. Especially near the end of season one. In the beginning, they were fine. Um, and I like the little twist with that dude. Uh, the Asian guy. Right. Really I, funny. I forget his name in the show. I don't know why I'm blanking on his name. I'm going to look it up because I feel bad. Um, but yeah, no, he was great. No, the cast is really good. Like nothing. Yeah. But um, I don't know. Well, well I'll give Stephen 2 a chance. The only thing I've seen, I've heard good. I, I watched it because I heard good things. It was only like 12 episodes or whatever. And it was on Netflix. And once season two is on Netflix, I'll watch at least the first couple episodes and then we'll see. 
Jason. His name is Jason. Yeah, well, I mean, like he was uh, some other right, but he had another character. name. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, dude. Watch season two. I will. It's on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have Hulu. Uh, so. Yeah. You know, the bummer about The Good Place is, well, I guess it's 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 not a bummer because I think it's nice that it's more concise and I think it's only like 10 episodes each or something or like 13 maybe. Yeah. It's a slow They're half season. seasons. Yeah. They're half seasons. And I think that's better. Well, half seasons, the new full season, which that's is better. Right. I think so. Twenty-five too. episodes. I don't know why that was ever the normal. It's just so much content. Most of it's all just filler. I think it's just sort of leftover from, you know, you got to keep in mind. Then, but then again, Parks and Rec does do twenty-four episodes extremely well, where they're all useful and hilarious. Same with I would argue Seinfeld is the same way. You every single episode of Seinfeld has something different from another one. I think it's I think it's easy for a half hour long show for especially for a sitcom where it's a little more yeah they can kind of do a little more. But I feel like hour long dramas no, twenty four. No, fuck that. I know the show twenty four, but like twenty four, twenty six hour long or forty five minute long episodes yeah. for a drama. It's like you're gonna waste so much time. I know. I know. What are we doing? But here's the thing, you know, that's a system that's left over from a time where people would just tune into their television once a week, watch this thing, and then you'd never see it for years and years, yep. right? You'd Maybe you'd catch it syndicated somewhere years down the line, but for the most part, like, that's the thing. I mean, 24 episodes, when you're not, when you don't have this, like, bingeability or replayability or whatever, it's mm-hmm. like... It was just a whole different mentality. Yeah. It was a whole different culture. Um, I mean, like, thankfully, it's moved on. Uh, speaking of syndication, did we ever talk about what happened to Rick and Morty? Oh, you, did you hear? Yeah, I'm saying, did, you, did we didn't talk about that though? Did we? I don't think we did. No. Well, yeah. I mean, like, can you believe, like fucking seventy episodes or whatever that order was? It's seventy episodes, so that means another seven seasons at least, and so that's ten seasons total. That's like twenty years of Rick and Morty. 20 oh Based yeah on how 20 fucking years fast they are making oh my god i assume they'll probably make i think i i think i read the reason that they waited so long to announce it or rather they were negotiating for so long is because they wanted this 70 episodes which would give them 100 episodes which means syndication um and also because they're like we just want to make rick and morty stop giving us one episode we wanted to just be able to focus on rick and morty this is what dan Harmon said so, like, give us a bunch of episodes so I can just make it my job to write Rick and Morty so I'm not, like, writing Rick and Morty and then being like, well, it might be canceled this year, so I'm also oh. trying to focus on this other thing I'm doing. That's, yeah. what, that's what his yeah. his reasoning was. So, hopefully, they can make... Because season three was a little bit of a... Of a, of a, of a Listen, of a, of a I... Let let seriously? I mean, compared to, like, season... Oh. One, not that it was a let... I'm, mostly, I'm just thinking how, how it ended. Like, the last few episodes of season three were just kind of like... Mm. I love... Oh, man. I did, the whole thing with where they go back to that... Uh, that whole society of Ricks and Mortys that was, and all no, that, that. That episode's fantastic. I'm just talking about the like the last couple where it was just sort of like regular, regular adventures. But like season three ended with just such a like, and that's the end of season three. But like it was like re- what? I actually season three. I actually I it might be my favorite of the three. I maybe have to rewatch it. I just don't remember there being the whole truth or the not the whole like memory thing. The, that was you remember funny. that? Yeah. And 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 I love the part where they look at the camera and they're just like. We're not doing the the television thing this season. We're doing this this season. It was kind of funny, but like <laughs> I like the tele the both both of those television episodes a lot more. So see, I liked the first one. A, I, I like that a second lot. one. The second one, I thought, eh, I like that second one. He got kind of run. Werner Herzog. I like I like um, 
you know, get, get out of my personal space. Don't don't come into my personal space. I thought yeah, that... it was. It, I just it it was funny. Don't get me wrong, but I just felt between the two, the first one was the better one. I don't know that that, that show is all pretty, but like that show like is pretty much top of the not top of the line, but it's you know it, it doesn't dip. It's always pretty great. Yeah, I mean it is. I would say top of the like it's top of the line entertainment. I guess it's top of the line. Uh, it probably it's more clever than like smart i think a lot of there's a whole thing where like a lot of kids think it's like a genius show where it's no. like just clever it's a bit clever no. but it's not like it's like, good writing like, but it's not smart occasionally yeah. it will dip into sort of smart things like that you know into like some themes but usually it's just kind of a fun 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 breezy twist on sci-fi yeah and i just remember this the reason i don't like season two as much mm-hmm. is because it started getting into the weird rick and morty multiverse I'll, but like you, just, it, it you like really, that part of season three, though. Really caked it on. Well, no, because when it when it came back to season three, what they did is they just had like an anthology tales thing for it. Mm. It wasn't like it wasn't Rick and Morty having to deal with it, and unless there's an episode I'm forgetting where they do, but I just remember there was like an anthology thing, and it was like these weird little vignettes of like these things. Like it was really clever. It wasn't like. Um, like one thing that really bugs me about uh, Venture Brothers, uh-huh. because I love that show. Venture Brothers, I love that show. But one thing that really bugs me about it is when they get into the, what is it, the League of Calamitous Intent shit, uh-huh. where it's like, oh, guys, the villain handbook says that if I, if you know, if you're, uh, if the, if one of the heroes gets sick, you got to stop or you don't, do you know what I'm talking about? I don't watch. I haven't seen, uh, okay. I haven't seen like a full season of adventure brothers since the first one. Okay. Well, okay. So the first one didn't have that stuff uh-huh. and it was, it was better for it. But what they do is they introduce this whole thing where like the villains have a union mm-hmm. and like the heroes have a union and like the villain union assigns villains to heroes and it's this whole thing where they they get into where because what happens is the monarch runs into this thing where it's like oh no actually uh uh sergeant hatred's been assigned to the venture brothers now so you can't arch them anymore and he's like what i want to right uh-huh. and i'm like okay this is funny at first but like damn dude after like 3 seasons of this i'm just done yeah um, I think that show's coming back soon, or maybe I'm, it is. Okay, I, I did. Yeah. I didn't dream, dream that. I I know some people that storyboarded on it. Oh, very nice. Just recently, so it, it'll be coming soon. Cool. Yeah. Um, speaking of arch villains and stuff, I watched a movie recently that's bound to be your favorite James Bond movie, I bet, because in this one, Christopher Walken tries to blow up San Jose. <laughs> Of all the places, it's a view to a kill. Does it, did they film this in San Jose? Yeah, uh, San Francisco. I think so. It's uh, Silicon Valley. They try to blow up. Wow. Yeah. And Christopher Walken mistakenly doesn't understand what he's like. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna even. Cry. I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna try. I'm gonna blow up all these uh, these computer chip manufacturing plants that are in Silicon Valley. And it's like, well, you know, uh, Christopher Walken. They don't actually manufacture anything in Silicon Valley. Do you even know what they do in Silicon Valley? Like that was like the late '80s. That was that, that was mid '80s. That was '85 when like computer chips. We were even saying the word computer chips. That was like when it was like hot shit, you know. I didn't realize that the Bay Area had that reputation back then. Oh, Silicon Valley was like hot stuff. I didn't realize it went that far oh, back. I guess, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so that's fun. That movie's awful. That's an awful movie. Like, that's one of the worst James Bond movies. Well, Jeez. it is top three stupid as fuck James Bond movies, uh-huh. which if that's what you consider to be the bad part of James Bond, that's top three worst James Bond movies. Wow. And I kind of put that in the top three worst James Bond movies. There's more mediocre James Bond movies that are far more boring. Yeah. Like, The World Is Not Enough and yeah. that kind of stuff. But <laughs> in terms of just being hot shit, uh, View to a Kill's up there. What? This is Roger Moore? This is Roger Moore's last outing. He's like 57 or something. So he's like Way 57, and this is like a young Christopher Walken. Yeah. Like, Roger Moore is like over twice the age of the, of the Bond girl, and it's really gross, and he's got like neck, you know, like like crinkly neck, and he's so, like, he looks super old. Dude, it's always the worst when it's an old Bond and a young like 20 something lady i think Daniel that's Craig always the grossest might be the same age as roger moore was also but a he looks a lot better and b i really hope that they like you know don't do that well that's the thing i with specter it was like it was kind of cringy it was kind of cringy because he's like an older bond now and he they shacked him up with like someone that was like 24 years old or something it could have been his daughter i think she's probably a little older than that she's probably like my age but uh Still though, yeah, it's, it's, it's gross. It's weird, um, and especially how they shoehorned in this whole thing towards the end of that movie, where he's like, "Oh, I love you," or she <laughs> is. She says that, right? Or and some, I was like, "Where'd this come from?" Yeah, it's like fucking. It's uh, just like, dude, you you guys just mashed. You yeah. didn't fall in love. Anyways, yeah, that movie gets like runs out of stuff at the end. It's a yeah, I like that movie. It's definitely better than A View to a Kill. I'll tell you that much. Oh yeah, uh, View to a Kill has a great part where James Bond uh, goes uh, snowboarding, which I think was probably the hot new thing that year because <laughs> the James Bond series loves to ape what the hot new thing is. Uh-huh. Um, and then for some reason they played the Beach Boys uh, California Girl uh, over that, which is like what the fuck, That's- like. I've seen this movie like three or four times, but I was watching it with my girlfriend. My girlfriend was just like, had to like, like, just like draw dropped and just stared at me. It's like, what is this? <laughs> what are you showing me? Um, yeah, that sounds pretty rough. It's really stupid. That's just one of many good parts. There's a whole, Christopher Walken doesn't walking it up. It sucks. Like he's barely well, that's a character. Before, that's, I'm sure that's before, kind of before Christopher Walken was a character of himself, huh? Yeah. You got Grace Jones and she's in that and like her, uh, on her at the time boyfriend Dolph Lundgren plays a no name un uh, no word uh uh what do you call it uh, uh henchman that's the best kind of Dolph Lundgren yeah he shows up in the background of a sh- of a shot when the KGB is like hey what what are you doing and then they leave and he's never he's never seen again 1985 yep 85 okay uh that's like Okay, that's interesting. So that's after like Deer Hunter. That's after. Uh, well, well, yeah, by a long shot. By a long shot, yeah. Okay, interesting. I'm curious. I'm you know I I tend to be a little bit curious about Christopher Watkins' younger career because I mean there had to be a time where he was like, like an actual like, hey, this guy is really pumping out the hits. Did he win a Best Supporting Actor for the Deer Hunter? I think he did. I mean, he He's stole great. the. He He's stole. Great in that movie. Oh yeah, he was. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Russian roulette. You remember that? Yeah. That's right. Um, like he's in Annie Hall. Uh, Annie Hall. Yeah, he's in Annie Hall. Um, you know, he's he had a great career. Have you seen like those pictures of this young Christopher Walken? He's just like, ooh, wow, so <laughs> so like steely with such steely youth. Yeah. When was oh here oh, wow. it is nineteen seventy. Oh wow. Oh wow. Wow. <laughs> 
And then somewhere in the 80s, he did that movie where he can like predict someone's death or oh, something. Oh, The Dead Zone. The that Dead Cronenberg Zone. movie. They remade that as a TV show with Anthony Michael Hall. I haven't seen either. Seriously? Not yet. You don't remember that? No, I Anthony don't. Anthony Michael Hall plays Christopher Walken's character in the TV version of The Dead Zone. And then there's Wayne's World, too. I forgot oh, about right. that also. Wayne's He's World the guy that's too. trying to uh, steal... Um, What's her face? And then he's in uh, Seven Psychopaths, which is fantastic. And you've seen Seven Psychopaths, I hope. And we've talked about this. I haven't yet. Oh, man, that's a great movie. No, yeah. You like three billboards. You probably like Seven Psychopaths. Yeah, no. I, I've been wanting to see the Suicide Kings. That was a... Hey, if you want to see some late 90s schlock, some late 90s, a movie just not working... Uh, watch Suicide Kings. Uh, Have you seen that? No, I haven't. Okay. Yeah, that was a movie that just, uh, oof. towards the end, man, it just became real silly. Uh, Seven Psychopaths is my favorite Christopher Walken line delivery and reading, which is, he's just, fuck the cops, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> which is, I just, I don't know, that's fantastic. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's, uh, he's had an interesting career. Catch me if you can. Kangaroo Jack. Oh, Jesus! Isn't Geely that notorious bomb? Wasn't he? Oh, I st- yeah, I've I've never seen that. Wedding Crashers. Oh yeah. Nor will I ever. It's funny. I'm looking at this IMDb 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 page for Christopher Walken, and you know, on the side they always have user lists, right? So they have actors who just fascinate me, and and I don't know who that is, and then they have uh, act. Actores favoritos, and they have uh, Matthew McConaughey. They say my favorite actors, and they have Daniel Day Lewis, and then they have my favorite actors again, and it has Kevin Spacey. And I gotta, you know, it's just one of those things where I see Kevin Spacey, and I think to myself, man, it's a bummer. I know it's a big bummer. But um, he's probably off on some island somewhere yep. with his millions. His vault, yeah. Um. Anyway, oh, yeah. Wedding Crashers. That was another one. Anyways, yeah, Christopher Walken, dude. So yeah, he's a ge- he's a gem. Um, <laughs> yeah, Vito Kill Man, and this, I think we have mentioned before it has the worst line uh, uh movie title inserted into a movie ever, where uh, Grace Jones just goes, "Wow, what a view!" and Christopher Walken just slinks up behind her and goes, "To a kill," and just like, <laughs> "What? What? What?" <laughs> what god yeah i'll have to watch that that was the last one before the big hiatus right no, no that was 87 that was 80 no uh it goes um that 87 89 were uh living daylights and then that's right so it was two, the last uh, roger moore movie yeah it's the last one and then you had two dalton movies and 89 was a license to kill and then you have the big hiatus until 1994 i think it was with goldeneye 95 95 i always forget if it's 94 95 95, 95 yeah. with goldeneye yeah, I always get confused, like, cause like I know the Goldeneye the video game came out after the movie, and I'm always like, Goldeneye the video game came out in, like what ninety five? No, like the movie came out in ninety four, the video game came out in ninety five. Movie came out in ninety five, the video game came out in ninety seven. That's the way it goes. That's that's how it was. Yeah. And I always I always get them mixed up in my head for some reason. Oh yeah, like not the the release date, it's just like the the staggering. But gotcha. yeah, um, no, it's just really dumb. And then it's I don't know, I don't know, it's just dumb. It's a dumb movie. It's really really bad. It's one of those but things. Hey, yeah, it's got your it's got your old stomping ground around there though. Trying to blow it right the fuck up. I'd be curious to see if there was actually any San Jose imagery in that movie or not. I mean, I think they might have filmed in San Francisco, but 
So, well, okay. Because so, San Francisco is technically, I don't think, I mean, at least my, what I know of, of Silicon Valley, San Fran- that doesn't include no, they go to like San Francisco. No, the only part of that Silicon Valley that they probably like that, that they're like, we're in Silicon Valley right now. They go to like a mine. So oh, they're not, okay. they don't film in San Jose. Right. Not yeah. that fancy. But, you know, James Bond's never been, you know, never set foot in Chicago. So, <laughs> hey, it's not too late. Well, hopefully one day. Chicago's really nice. I mean, like, The Dark Knight was filmed there. That's right. So, yeah. Take that. I don't know if any movies have been filmed in San Jose. I can't think of one. Not even Pirates of Silicon Valley or whatever that movie is called. Pirates of Silicon Isn't Valley. Isn't that like that made for TV movie about Steve Jobs and uh, Bill Gates? Uh, I guess. I've never heard of it. I, I, I don't know yeah, why. Another Anthony Michael Hall movie. Yeah, Anthony Michael Hall is all over the place. Look at that. And he, he's playing, uh, it looks like he's playing um, fucking Bill Gates. And then who's this other guy? He's playing Steve Jobs. Yeah, I like that Steve Jobs movie that that Danny Boyle one. Speaking of James Bond, the Danny Boyle James just James Bond Steve Jobs movie. Uh, which one? The, which one was that? The who, good one. Who was in that? Boss Bender. Boss Bender. Fast Bender. Oh, Fast Bender. Oh, okay. Fast Bender. Fast Bender. Mikey Fast Bender. His uh his career man has come kind of to like a screeching halt, huh? Uh, some alien just and, a few duds i mean like in terms of like money makers i guess i think he's still doing good work i guess so i mean i'm sure he's he's signed up for some stuff kung fury 2 and x-men oh, Dark right, he's Phoenix. gonna be in kung fury the movie i don't know why they're calling it two so he uh yeah he doesn't have anything lined up for 2018 well you know maybe he's taking a break yeah maybe I mean, he had a. F- I mean, he, he filmed Dark Dark Phoenix. So. Here's the thing. I mean, uh, you know, it's like he's he's had a couple duds as of late, right? I heard Snowman was not that great. That movie was not. That was a. I heard that movie was a. Uh, we didn't finish making this movie in time. We had to release it anyways. Right, and then uh, a song to song. I don't know what that is. And then of course he had Assassin's Creed, your favorite, <sighs> and then uh, Alien Covenant. Yeah. So, and then of course X Men Apocalypse, which yeah. <laughs> he's a good Magneto. Don't get me wrong; I think he's. They should make X Men Origins Magneto starring him, but they kind of already did that. But it should just be him. Well, that was originally the idea. Yeah, I know. First class was going to be Magneto, mo- the movie. Well, I mean, X Men Origins Wolverine, and uh, it was a big old whoops. A big old whoops. So then they're like, "Well, maybe not a Magneto movie. Maybe <laughs> a first class movie." You guys, you know what I was thinking? Huh? Kind of segues into something. How, like, I saw someone make this point, and it's like, yeah, that's true. And I'm thinking more examples. It's weird, more recently, like, in the last few years, uh-huh. there's been this trend to take heroes from our ki- our childhood and make them old and sad. <laughs> Logan, Luke Skywalker, like, Kratos and God of War were the ones I saw, but, like, uh-huh. you know, other ones, like, even, like, in Halo, like, Master Chief is a character that is now old and sad. Seriously? Like, I Like, Halo 4, he kind of got old and sad. Well, mostly just sad. Um, huh. maybe, like he's still the same age, but like you know, a lot of characters who didn't have a lot of depth or did, but like were like one thing, have been turned into characters with a lot of old and sad depth, or characters with depth that is now old and sad. Like no, like if you think right. about it, like that's a yeah. thing that's going on. Am I right? Um, I think I don't know. I like I don't think it's something that's necessarily le- like. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's a trend now, as opposed to just something that's always existed. But I don't know. I feel like it's more prevalent. At least it's more prevalent with like our, um, like our, like our, like the, the our like 
childhood heroes or like their you know like their early two thousands heroes that were sort of just like one note and now they're being reinvented for this new cynical old and sad generation. Well, and what I think we have now that we didn't have before is just trudging up these old properties and making new content for them. I think that's something we have now that we did not have. Yeah. Until Thanos now. is now old and sad. Um, my hero, man, my childhood hero, hero Thanos, now old and sad, courting death. I mean, like Captain America's kind of old and sad now, with a sad old beard. With a sad old beard, yeah. I mean, not really. That's a bad example, but like you know what I'm talking about. I feel like uh, I feel like if you gave me a couple of days, I could probably research and do get 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 a get a handful of of real good uh, examples for you. There is a thing, yeah. I mean, there's there's examples, but I don't I don't know if it's a trend. I don't know if it's something that's happening a lot. Certainly with the Star Wars movies, for sure. And with oh, yeah. the Star Wars movies, it's like, hey, let's kill off, let's systematically kill off Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, and then you know Princess Leia. I don't think they of were, course, unfortunately, they weren't supposed to kill off Princess Leia. That was unfortunate. I mean, I think they would have anyways, though, right? I don't think they would have. I think she would have survived because I think she earned it. Earned like, it. If you, as a character, if I was writing Princess Leia, she's been through shit. And then saw that they gave the, got the universe back on track, and then the universe was like whoops and went back, or yeah galaxy, and then got off track. She should be around to get it back on track again. How did she earn it and not Luke Skywalker and Han Solo? Well, I mean they both they all should have earned it, but like I get Han Solo dying because it's important, it's a narrative importance. I think Luke Skywalker dying, um, I could take it or leave it. If he didn't die, I'd be kind of fine with that. Uh huh. I, I feel like he could have been handled a little better, honestly, but whatever. Just a smidge better, you know. In terms I, of being like, I got it, and being narratively <laughs> like explicit, like because he's dead, and it's like they set it up in the movie, but it would have been, it could have more impact, I think. Just a smidge, it could have been, been, I don't know how, but it could have had a little more impact, like in like a like a satisfying kind of way. It didn't feel a little unsatisfying, which is why people are upset. I think. Listen, dude, I was satisfied as fuck. I'm satisfied too. I'm just saying it could have been done better. He showed up on the snow planet. Dressed to the nines. No, that part's great. I'm talking about him, and then like he, that happens, and then he gets up, and he's like, I guess I'm dead, and then he drifts away. <laughs> like, that part, I think, could have been done better. See, I, I, th- yeah, I don't know, man. I thought it would have been, uh, I don't know. I, I was fine with it, but I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. I just, uh, for me, I was fine with it. Um, I mean, it seems like the only person that really, too, the only person that came out of this whole ordeal unscathed was Lando Calrissian. Yeah, and he'll... He's, and he's there, off on Party Planet Central. There he should stay. Fucking and sucking, you know? He's he's off on whatever... He's on uh, Canto Bite right now, just, well, he should. just fucking Bite's and sucking. Well, full of the worst people. <laughs> like DJ? Yeah, like DJ. Hey, I'm DJ. That's why I think I mentioned it before. Uh, get get Lando, get him... Get him out of these... Don't look, bring him back in these movies. He's fine. Hey, have, have, he's he's uh, fine having fun on his little planet... And uh, I don't, people who, it doesn't make sense to me. I know, sorry, Star Wars, but. Uh, I think it's a little bit of a loss that Lando wasn't invited back. I My only my only thing, dude, is like, I felt he was on the same level with the other three. I felt that way. I don't think everyone. Like, he was a part of the gang. Preferably, honestly, if like if I was in charge of the sequel trilogy, I would barely have those three guys, in, the, the original three, in the movies at all. Uh, I would have them in the movies as much it would, as it would feel a little bit weird, though. It would it? be weird, but that's what it. Well, I you know, but I'd like the sequel trilogy to sort of stand on its own feet, which is I'd have those characters in the movie as much as Obi Wan Kenobi is in the sequel, the, the original trilogy, which is to say, not much. 
Oh, well, you know, not Lara, not at all, but like, you know, just kind of less involved. I was really surprised when Han Solo was a main character in Episode Seven. Honestly, I was like, "Oh, I guess we're doing this." And I love Episode Seven, so I'm not like saying it's a bad thing. Right? Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, but if you do, kills really bad. You know, that's hey, that's what I hear from this guy over here telling me a view to a kill is bad. Now, Alex, so are you watching these chronologically? No, just whatever I feel like at the time. Okay, because I think if I was to sit down and start watching Bond movies, I'm going to go front to back. Might as well. It's a good way to get sort of the gist, like the the, the ebb and flow of it all. Right. To see the the trend. Um, I think I've, I don't know when I started doing these, like kind of, it's an impromptu rewatch of the whole series. I have no idea why. I just sort of, Every couple of years, I just get into that mood. Um, I haven't seen... So the ones I have to rewatch now are like Dr. No, Thunderball, Living Daylights. Is that the last Roger Moore one? Oh, uh, Man with the Golden Gun. Still have to rewatch. Uh, and then all the Daniel Craig ones. I have not touched the Daniel Craig series. Mm. Mostly because I kind of want to do Casino Royale and then Quantum of Solace right afterwards. Oh, because they're connected. They're kind of connected. They're, yeah. like, they're like the... Uh, Quantum of Solace is like the last Jedi of the, of the, of the James Bond series. <laughs> Yeah. So I wouldn't know. I haven't seen Quantum of Sol- I have not seen Quantum of Solace. Watch Casino Royale and then watch Quantum of Solace. I like Quantum of Solace. It's kind of one of the more middle middle of the road James Bond movies, but it's definitely not bad. It's a little unfortunately writer strikey. Right. It's a little not much going on. Uh-huh. And I don't like Mark Forster's direction um in terms of how action is presented, but other than that it's a perfectly fine movie. Is it like shaky cam shit? Yeah, way too much. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was the the big thing then, right? Because of Born Alta, Born yeah. the Born series, it was like shaky cam everywhere. Yeah, but it wasn't the good kind. It was just like the what 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 what's going on. Kind. Yeah. But then yeah, that Sam Mendes and Roger Deakins with their lovely, beautiful cinematography and Skyfall really brought it home. Yeah, and yeah. Spectre was good too, in terms of how it looked. Right. It was all right. It's it's a forgettable movie for me. Yeah, I don't have to rewatch it. I don't remember much about it. Casino Royale and Skyfall. I think those are the uh, those are the gems. Yeah, in they're that still. Series. I think those both of those are like number one and like number five favorite Bond movies, respectively. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what's your favorite James Bond movie? With the audience, why don't you let us know? You can email us at filmtestedvoyage.gmail.com. You can let us know on filmtestedvoyage.com, our regular, regular website. Or you can uh, tell us on uh, Film Tested Voyage on Facebook. And uh, also, you can yell at us on Letterboxd. I'm Batman Crothers. I'm Mr. Kerosene. Uh, hey, everybody. We are a part of a bigger podcast network, the Let Me Listen Podcast Network, all right? You got all kinds of podcasts about movies, about Dungeons and Dragons, all kinds of stuff on the Let Me Listen Why Podcast Network. Uh, we're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. Be sure to leave some comments and some ratings. Be sure to tell your friends about us. Do you have like a million hours of listening that you need to get through because you're stuck at work with nothing to do? Then check out the Let Me Listen <laughs> you're Podcast. You're making too much noise all the time. You're so stupid. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, check it out. Lots of fun. I recommend every single podcast on this network. Uh, Going we, on summer vacation? Why don't you download us or whatever you <laughs> you know? Are you on your way to the Grand Canyon from the East Coast? You taking a long-ass hike cross-country all the Forrest Gump at walking? Why don't you plug in an iPad <laughs> or iPod and just listen to our, our, our shit? 
All the time, every day, all day. A hundred years. One hundred thousand hours. Hundred years, a hundred adventures. A hundred seasons. A hundred episodes. One adventure a year is a little... It's not much time. Like That's a long adventure, you know? It's a long stretch. It's a voyage. You have a good adventure. Just a couple days. All right. I don't know why I'm arguing. Listen, everybody. We'll catch you next time on the Filmtastic Voyage. You have a happy and a healthy and a lovely and a lovely. Have it.